Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Lindy Cabo, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Great to have you here. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to have you on because this is the third time we've scheduled you to be on. Uh, we know each other because we worked yeah. together a couple years ago, uh, and you are now the proud mom of a two-year-old. I am. And she just turned two recently, right? Yes. Yesterday was her second birthday. Oh, toddlers are so fun. Uh, it, it is fun. It's funny um, having her... just the different phases that children go through it's like having a new child every we're kind of at the point where she's a new person every three months um Mm. but like in that first year every month she's changing and her interests change and she just develops more and more and gets a little more of a personality and so we're definitely at the phase where um it sounds funny I feel like I know her better now that she is is two well, um, you, you've been spending a lot of time with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that helps too. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, is she a terrible two yet or not quite yet? No, not really. Um, no, she's not. Um, she's actually a really good communicator. I'm surprised at um, how well she speaks, and she's very um, talkative and intrigued by language and wants to learn new words and sometimes makes up her own words. I don't think anybody else could really understand her the way that Matt and I do because she has so many slang words, but um, we at least know what she's saying. And I think that alleviates some of the um, uh, frustration that two-year-olds tend to have. Is there a fun slang word that you can share? So she loves shoes and boots and um, she can't say boots for whatever reason and doesn't try to, but she goes, and that's boots. Um, that's great. It, yeah. I don't know if she got that from like Cardi B or like where we're picking that up, but um so when she makes that noise, we know what she's looking for. But when grandparents are visiting, they're like, what is this kid doing? Is she singing? And we're like, no, she wants her snow boots. Yeah, she's being very functional. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fun times. And what is her name? Gwendolyn. And, and she, we call her Winnie. Winnie. And uh, she loves her name, you think? Uh, I think so. Um, so she's just started learning how to say her name in maybe the last month or so. And so she, she calls herself Wee Wee. <laughs> um, <laughs> that can mean all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't really think that through. And we hope. Um, I don't think you could see that coming. Yeah. I th- um, we're hoping kindergarten and first grade go pretty well and everybody can pronounce it a little better. But if not, um, it happens. It, so, well, n- yeah. Now it's out there for posterity. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Wee Wee. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Wee Wee will be fine, I'm sure. Yeah. Cool. So where, where are you from? Where do you consider yourself from? Um, I guess I would consider myself from Virginia, although I never really felt like we were from anywhere. My dad was in the Navy um, since, since we were born. And um, when I was little, I was born in Florida, and then we moved to Maryland. Um, we lived in Pennsylvania for a while um, when my dad was in different trainings in school, and my mom sister and I would live with uh, my grandmother and then we moved out to California and then we moved to Virginia and then we moved back to Florida and then we moved to Japan and then we moved back to Virginia Um, and so they were in Virginia the longest Um, I was there maybe eight years um, compared to all the other places were anywhere from six months to three years Um, but it was also a little late to feel like that was 
home. Um, but not in a bad way. Um, we'll still go to Western Pennsylvania where my parents are from and, and that town, Johnstown probably feels the most like home. Although mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd really claim that as home either. But you have family there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My parents actually just moved there, um, back in September. They had been in Virginia for the longest time. I have a brother that's 10 years younger than me. And, um, and that was definitely home for him. That was the place he lived his whole life. And so it's kind of funny, um, being 10 years apart and how different his early childhood was from my sister and I, who were only 18 months apart. What was your favorite place to live? Uh, I love Japan. I don't think I appreciated it as much, but it was awesome. I think that is what really made me appreciate different cultures. I think that that is what um, steered me professionally into interior design um, and just seeing how different people function and how your home and your culture impacts um, yeah, your, your house and, and your life. Did you uh, have any appreciation for what it was like to live in the same place for a long time through your friends? Um, I mean, no offense to my friends, but I thought that was really weird. Like, I remember dating a kid in high school, and he had grown up in the same house, and his grandmother lived down the street, and every Sunday they ate dinner together. And, like, it sounds all ideal now that I'm a mom. Like, that's... Did we know each other when, when you were a kid? Because that's you're describing my job. Um, and... I just remember going to his grandma's house on a Sunday with them, and I just thought it was the weirdest thing. I was like, what do you mean your grandma lives down the street? And, like, these are the two houses you go to every day in your whole life? Like, Um, Not a lot of diversity. No, not a lot at all. Um, I I definitely think being in a military family and not only coming and going ourselves, but having friends coming and going from different places um, exposed my sister and I to a lot of different cultures um, and just thoughts and and things like that so that was really cool yeah the culture in florida is very different than virginia which is different <laughs> yeah. than pennsylvania which is yeah. different than california and certainly different than japan yeah absolutely um yeah uh i don't think i could pick up on all the different nuances within the u.s but it the, yeah people people were different lifestyles were different um when we lived in california we were super active we were outside all the time went to parks, went hiking and things like that. And then in Virginia, um, our first neighborhood was just very much a subdevelopment and we hung out in that subdevelopment and, and that was cool too. And we had great neighbors, which um, was the first time like we got close with neighborhood kids. Yeah, it's, it's like hard that. to get close when you're yeah. a military brat, right? Um, so yeah, both have their pros and cons. What did your dad do in the Navy? He was an EOD. Uh, did he do like hardcore EOD missions uh, in scary places i believe so um yeah uh he was in the middle east twice um i don't we don't really talk about it yeah um but um yeah uh he was over there he has told us some stuff and he's he's a badass um (laughs) and we're pretty proud of him um i do remember one time when we lived in japan and he didn't come home from work one night and I woke up the next morning and I was too young to like be worried or think anything of it and my mom was just like all right you guys got to go to school I got to go get your dad from the hospital a bomb blew up in his hand and said it like very casually and I just (laughs) I kind of bombs blowing up in hand sounds very destructive yeah and I remember even being young and being like okay like (laughs) better get to school mom's gotta go (laughs) mom's got errands to run um 
And I mean, luckily, uh, he still has his hand and everything. It, it wasn't um, catastrophic. It wasn't catastrophic. I wouldn't say it was nothing, but um, yeah, I, I think it it was a training mission that um, kind of had some flaws to it, and, mm. and kind of kind of part of it. Wow, part of the job. That's scary. He must deal yeah. with uh, stress and anxiety pretty well. Uh, yeah, he he does. He, I don't think I've ever thought of him as an anxious person. So if he is, he hides it very well. Um, stressed maybe, but not any more than the average person. Just having children, working, and well, working doing yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he he is definitely a calm and confident person. One thing that's interesting about him is he um, he can totally be wrong about something. And he will say it with such confidence that you think that it's it's true. And it's, I'm sure, a great tactic in the military for leadership and getting people to not be scared and to follow you into, I don't know, like buildings and, and things like that. Um, and then other times, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to look back. And I was like, Dad, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. The, the, my wife tells me the more confident I am, the, the, the more likely I'm going to be wrong. Is what she tells yeah, me. yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> She's right most yeah. of the time. Yeah. All right. So you have a sister who's eighteen months older, older than you. Yeah. So um, that's Samantha. We call her Sam, um, or Sammy Pie, or Tootsie is her is her aunt nickname. Those are fun names. Um, yeah. Uh, my grandma, on my dad's side, her nickname was Tootsie, and we loved her very very much and so when sam became an aunt um that was the nickname we the, gave to her the name has lived on yeah yeah it's cool yeah. uh what was it like growing up with uh, an older sister um i my experience was really positive hers was probably a little more negative um i uh i i mean i still love her so much i idolize her i just think that she is the smartest most creative person um she's hilarious um yeah i just Still to this day, when I think of her, she's way funnier than me, way cooler than me, um, way more creative, um, yeah, more interesting. She's just, she's the coolest, yeah. Is it because she's older or because she's also very cool in regardless uh, of her, her age? A little you? bit of both. Um, definitely both. I think just being younger and having somebody close in age, but that was capable of doing just a little bit more, um was was motivating um because anything she could do just being a year and some change older i was pretty close to being able to do it but not quite and so um yeah that was just interesting to kind of follow her and and do i don't know do jumps like she jumps and like jump off of swings and like ride down hills and cardboard boxes and like i don't know where my parents were but um yeah so yeah, there's a little bit of that, but Sam is an incredibly creative and interesting person, and she has a very dark sense of humor that um, we both just get on uh, a weird sisterly level. That, you, you both share that dark yes, sense of humor. Yeah, uh, I think that's my favorite part about our friendship. That's is she in Virginia? Or she she is she is now. I'm so excited. Um, so last year, um. 
before COVID, she was living out in LA and um, COVID brought her to Richmond. Mm. And um, she it was kind of one of those things, well, you're not going to work in the office. Why pay for rent in LA when you can come to Richmond? So I convinced her to come to Richmond. And actually, my brother moved at the same time. Um, so they both came around August, September. Um, they both were living with us for a little while, too, oh, wow. which... Um, in retrospect, it was a really cool opportunity because we hadn't all lived together in 10 years. Did Matt think it was cool? Uh, Matt being your husband. Yeah. He did to my face. I don't know if he <laughs> has any different opinions now, but it is... Sounds like he wouldn't share them if he had a different opinion. No, Matt is far more laid back and easygoing than I am. So I, I don't think that he was concerned or really noticed okay <laughs> that's just that's just matt He's, it's a pretty uh easy way to go through life I think. yeah 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 um yeah less stress for sure definitely um our personalities are very opposite in that way but um yeah i can't also imagine being married to someone like me so that would be that'd be a lot if there were like two people like that so, so. sounds like a lot of energy in the room at one time maybe yeah um <laughs> Yeah, a lot of opinions, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how much energy there is, but yeah. We'll come back to Matt in a second. Yeah. Uh, and your your brother is? He will be 21 at the end of August, and we are so excited. Um, but yeah, he has a name. He's Ethan. I, I hadn't put that together. Yeah, so okay. I'm 31, Sam's 33, and Ethan is 20, going on 21. So your younger brother is my son's age, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a urinal in his bathroom now. <laughs> My son's very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. Is that the first time the urinal's been mentioned? Yeah. No way. No, I think I heard it on a podcast. Maybe one other time. But then yeah. I think you hushed them. I can't remember who it was, but you're like, this isn't about me. <laughs> I don't. I, I should celebrate the urinal, actually. Yeah. yeah it's all good. So, uh, what's your relationship like with uh, a brother who's 10 years younger, who's not legally able to drink? Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny because he, he really has no interest in drinking. My sister and I, um, have tried really hard with the peer pressure for maybe the last five years. And he just, he doesn't have interest in it, which I think is. It's probably is, better for him long term. No, it's super cool. Um, it's super cool. I caved to any kind of peer pressure from uh, like 14 to, I don't know, maybe like 28. So um, yeah, it's cool to see him know who he is and, and hold his ground with what he wants to do. Um, but he's kind of, he's kind of like my little baby too. I don't know if he would feel comfortable hearing that, but <laughs> too bad he is. He is 10 um, years younger than you. He is. Yeah. So my dad was in the military when we moved back from Japan. He was two. My mom went back to work now that she was in the U S and could speak English and couldn't right. like navigate a workplace. Um, and my sister and I, Ethan went to daycare at the front of our neighborhood. And my sister and I, our routine was we got home off the bus. We walked to the front of the neighborhood, picked him up, brought him back from uh, daycare in his little stroller, fed him his snack. We worked on our homework. And, like, he was he was just our, our little buddy. Um, we were weird kids in high school that had, like, car seats in, in our cars. <laughs> um, I remember my sister being more concerned. It was obvious that he was not my child with it just being a 10-year age gap. But something about, like, 12 to 13 years with Sam was kind of questionable, and I know that I, made I guess her... technically there's a chance. but There's yeah. a chance. I think it would be close to a world record, but there's a chance. Yeah. And most people figure it out pretty quickly once you, they get to know the family. Right? Yeah, I think adults figure it out quickly. I think it was mostly among our peers uh, that it 
I mean, nobody's smart at that age. They, they're like, oh, you have a kid. <laughs> of course he's in your car. Where'd you go to high school? Um, in Chesapeake. I went to okay. Great Bridge High School. Yes, you did. Yeah. Is that where Katie went? Yeah, so Katie and I went to high school together. At the same, y'all are the same, roughly the same age, right? Uh, she was a senior when I was a freshman. And so we just revealed Katie's age if people are following the math. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Did y'all roughly. know each other back then? Yes. Um, ish. I knew who she was. And then when I remember when she started working at the company that shall not be named. Right. Um, that I got an email invitation because she joined my team. And I remember seeing her first name and her maiden name and thinking like, wow, that sounds really familiar and not putting it together. And then she started working um, her first day at work. We were both casually we were both familiar to each other. I think we recognized each other's names, but not so much our faces. We had more mutual friends than we um, actually knew each other. And um, yeah, we figured it out. And then we just went through the yearbook on like who we knew and who we liked, who we didn't like and, <laughs> and all that fun stuff. So that made, actually that was really fun at work to, to work with her. Yeah. She's a great person. I- she's an amazing person, like outside of, um, if I had known her in her teen years, but it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I'm guessing you knew of her more than she knew of you, given the fact that she was 18 and you were 15. Yeah. She probably had no, um, interest in like what the freshman kids were doing. Um, but she, she was a model and, um, she doesn't talk about that. No, she doesn't. Um, which is funny. Um, yeah, I remember her modeling, her, doing modeling was was discussed in high school because obviously if you're a model in high school like that's what people are talking about right so um i remember hearing about her through that and then my sister's best friend um danny um in high school um was good friends with her and and danny and i were good friends in high school as well just um, okay through so danny's danny's a good connection danny is a good connection actually funny story about danny um he and my sister had lost touch in their 20s and then since sam moved to richmond um uh and then so to backtrack she moved to richmond temporarily and then she just accepted a job this past week and so she will be staying in richmond permanently and does not have to move back to la or dc so it's extra extra exciting um and so she lives a half mile away from me and kind of like the kid in school grandma lived down the street yes (laughs) yeah exactly um and (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly um so she lives right down the street and she reconnected with danny only to find out that he lives in the building right next to her so we're all living within that's crazy um, like a half a mile of each other so that's awesome right yeah it's um that's so cool. That's very cool. Uh, I have to ask the question about your height versus uh, your husband Matt's height. Yeah, so he's five foot one, and I'm six six, and so you know. <laughs> flip that. Flip. Yeah, um, I that, that would be amazing if it was flip that. <laughs> yeah, that would. Um, that definitely would. Uh, so I'm five one, and he is six six. Um, and then, honestly, the funny thing about that is, I don't think that we would have met and gotten married if we had a normal height difference. So we were working at the same restaurant in Virginia Beach. I worked on the formal side, and then there was an informal, like, um, peer side that was that was on one of the, the piers down there. And um, I remember the first time I saw him when I started working there, 
and he was walking through a doorway and I just kept staring at him waiting to see if he would clear the doorway or not. I, I'd stare at people that tall too. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like my first memory of him. And he says that his first memory was pretty similar where he saw me at work and was like, wow, that's like a really small person. Um, and then we never spoke to each other. And then uh, I had a f- his best friend became a good friend of mine and he was working with me on the formal side and we would hang out and go get drinks and stuff after work. And he told me one day that Matt had a really big crush on me, but he was shy and he um, didn't know how to talk to me and that I should talk to Matt. And then I guess he told Matt the same story. Neither of us had any interest in the other person. Like, yeah. This guy was just instigating. He was a total instigator. He's a very um, odd person. He's he's hilarious, um, but just kind of a, a weird, weird dude, to be totally honest. Sorry, Sean. And um, so Sean is also a nomad. Sorry, we were talking about a nomad yeah, yeah, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he would stay in Virginia Beach in the summer, and then in the winter he would go out to Squaw Valley and, and work at um, – uh, yeah, the, the ski hills. Right. And so he told us that in roughly like September, October, left town. Um, we started hanging out and then he came back six months later and we're like, hey, thanks for hooking us up and, <laughs> and whatever. Like, good call. We have so much in common. And he had no idea what we were talking about. I think he was just drunk that night and was totally <laughs> messing with just us. Just stirred stuff up. And then, yeah, and 10 years later. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think people stare at you because of the height difference? I used to think that they did when we first started dating and maybe it was just I was 21 when we met so maybe it was just 21 and being hyper aware of just everyone and and still growing into my skin at that point um but I was convinced everyone was staring at us and thought that it was weird um and um I was telling you earlier when we would go to Target or Walmart or whatever and grocery shop together people would I perceived everybody as just staring at us and, and thinking that we looked goofy um but middle schoolers would flock to Matt. Matt had a very impressive sneaker collection at the time and um, was also tall. And so that's like two cool points for, for Matt. At least two cool points. At yeah. least, yeah. Um, so middle schoolers, like early high schoolers, would always stop us, ask him where he got his sneakers, what what kind they were, and blah, blah, blah. I didn't know sneakers had names. And um, and then they would ask him if he played basketball and um, – he actually still gets that question a lot. Um, and then I have an uncle who is maybe a little bit taller than me. And his joke with Matt is um, everyone always asks Matt if he plays basketball. And my uncle's mad that nobody asks him if he's a jockey. Um, so <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's their little joke. Yeah. So uh, you're not self-conscious about it anymore, I'm guessing. No. Not, um, not really. I forgot how much taller I am than my wife. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're, yeah, you just kind of get used to it. Yeah, your height gap 17 inches with Matt. With my wife, it's 14 inches. And I'd yep. forgotten about the, the height difference uh, many, many years oh. ago and a few months ago. I was telling you before the recording. She's like, she, she saw another couple. The wife was really short yeah. and the husband was really tall. And she's like, do we look like that? I'm like, probably, but I don't care. I'm just <laughs> I'm totally accustomed to it now. Yeah, yeah. No, we definitely... Um, We'll, we'll see other couples. Um, we're like, wow, they look goofy. And then we realize, shit, oh, that, so do that, we. That's kind of us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how old were you when your dad got out of the Navy? Um, I was 21. That was one of uh, my first first dates with Matt. That was uh, His retirement party was the first time Matt had met my entire family. Um, how long had you been dating? 
um, maybe a month and a half. Oh, that's a lot after a month and a half. Yeah. Um, but back to being like 21 and not thinking things through properly, it sounded like a totally great idea. Um, Matt was overwhelmed. Uh, I'm sure that he was because it was my entire family. Um, my grandma, aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's your and dad's Matt, retirement from the Navy. Everybody's yeah, showing Yeah, everyone's there. Yeah. yeah. And then Matt's a little bit older. So he's 20. He was 25 when we started dating. Um, but yeah, I we still have a picture of him and all my cousins and we're standing around drinking a beer and Matt's the top of Matt's head is cut out of the picture um and then the beer in his hand looks like a beer for children it's just it just <laughs> looks, looks like a three ounce can yeah. yeah it looks like one of those little uh mini cores so your dad was still in the navy uh when you were in high school yes and you your teen teenage years were they pretty stereotypical pretty easy um were you an easy uh, teenager? No, no. So my sister was uh, an easy teenager in the sense that she did her homework, was incredibly smart, didn't have to study, just got A's. She is an amazing artist and thrived with her art in high school. Um, I'm pretty sure she got into multiple colleges. I, on the other hand, um, didn't take um, the SATs. And because you just said, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Although I did find a workaround, which is like a super classic Lindy move. Um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, we'll get to that. But yeah, in high school, um, I have always been somebody that doesn't enjoy doing what I'm told to do. Now, I'll do it if somebody can explain the logic behind it and it makes sense why we're doing like, these things. I'm not going to do it just because somebody else is telling me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I still kind of feel that way. So homework didn't sound necessary. And um, although, no, I did pretty well in school. Junior, senior year, I cared a little bit less. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely uh, dabbled with uh, drinking and maybe a little... Uh, drug use here and there um, like a lot of kids like a lot of kids yeah um i think i was just interest interested in learning for myself um and i learned drugs are bad don't do drugs um but did, did you hear that winnie <laughs> yeah Gwendolyn, put it down um but yeah i i'm sure i know i was a handful for my parents but um I, I think it really shaped me into who I am. So how did you get out of the SATs? Was the idea that you weren't going to go to college? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have interest in going to college. Um, I'm not really sure why I didn't have interest. I think I just didn't like high school. And I was like, man, if I don't like this, I'm really not going to like college. Right. Um, so I didn't take them. And when later in life... Um, when I went to VCU, I was 23 when I went. And if you applied after you were 22, you didn't have to take the SATs. So I held off for a few months before applying to VCU. When did you know that? Um, no, I didn't. No, this was like a luck thing. This was yeah. not a planning at, at 18. I was not that clever. Um, this was like. But you were that clever when you were 22. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody. Well, that's it, not something somebody tells you. Probably. No, 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 no. But. Here's a tip. If you wait till you're 22, you don't have to take it. I would love for my kids to wait until they were 22 or 23 to start college. It was the best decision I ever made. So after high school, I moved around on my own. Um, we had lived a nomad life 
from birth until uh, middle school. And so it was kind of weird being in the same place for for that, I don't know, seven years or whatever it was. Um, so after graduating, I moved to Florida. I have a grandma down there and I lived with her. And then I worked in a restaurant and... Uh, what, what part of Florida? Um, not the part that young people want to live in. It's called Port Charlotte. It's, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just above... Um, uh, Fort Myers and below Tampa, so on the Gulf side. Um, definitely a retirement community empties out in the summer. Um, but I went down there in September and um, got a job in a restaurant, quickly met other people that were up to no good and working in restaurants. And so we all decided to get a place together. And um, so we lived there. And then uh, everybody left that part of Florida in April and restaurants were dead. Um, and so I followed, um, I was dating a guy that, um, was a part of the roommates and he was from Minnesota. Mm. So he was going back to Minneapolis and, um, it sounded like a city, so it wasn't New York, but it wasn't Chesapeake. So it sounded great. And I hopped on that and went along. Um, and that was, that was an interesting experience. Um, uh, we aren't together anymore. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Um, I've met my real person. And um, it was a fun experience being, it was a totally different state. For one, everyone in Minnesota that I met was incredibly nice. Mm. Um, it, so that was really cool. Everybody was very welcoming and, and homey and a little granola. But I think it was just everybody, you spend eight nine months indoors and so by the time the summer rolls around which is when we were moving up there um everybody's out and they're so excited to see faces it's probably pretty similar to like the pandemic wrapping yeah, up they're living the pandemic almost every year yeah exactly um and so everybody was just so friendly and there was so much to do outside and we would hang out at lakes um, lots of lakes there in Minnesota. lots of lakes uh, so many options and um and then we broke up that fall, which was convenient because it was right before the winter and it was getting it's great timing. so cold. Um, yeah, I, I remember September 1st in Minnesota. It was like the weather knew it turned September. And all of a sudden I woke up that day and the high was like 50 degrees. That's silly. And it just didn't get better from there. Yeah, it doesn't really get warm there until late may early june if you're lucky yeah so that year that we moved there it had snowed um it was like may 20th or something it had snowed there that's crazy and yeah i and that was right before we were moving and i was definitely debating is this the place for me because i am a warm weather person for sure yeah you have to not be bothered by the cold weather and fairly it's fairly cloudy there's not a lot of sun there it yeah um it definitely was um was cloudy yeah yeah there's seasonal uh, effect disorder I oh think yeah i definitely have seasonal depression i um even in virginia it gets kind of cold here and and, um, and gray and, and cloudy. Yeah, yeah that is that's not that's not my happy place but what's yeah as soon as you get that warm weather in april it's like man yeah april I feel here so good or, yeah or, or june or, yeah or Minnesota, like june yeah. to july 15th there yeah yeah it's right not a very big window but i will say their weather in the summer is amazing it's like high of 77 um it's not muggy it's, it's not just, brutal yeah. yeah it's it, you can be outside all day and not uh pass out 
I meant to ask this earlier. How old were you when you lived in California? I, I don't know, three until five. Oh, so in, you, you don't yeah, remember I was California, in, right? um, I was in kindergarten when we left, and it was probably around three that we moved there. Were you in San Diego? Um, no, we were in, I don't even remember. Um, the base is no longer open, um, but it was near San Francisco, I think. Okay. So you live near San Francisco, but you don't really remember. That's kind of a bummer. No, um, I remember a couple of our outings that we would go to on weekends and stuff when family would come into town. Um, but for the most part, it wasn't until Japan that we started traveling on weekends um, as a family. Um, yeah, California, we played with neighbors a lot. We would go to the parks nearby, but we weren't um, traveling frequently. And then when we lived in Japan, I would say maybe – one or two weekends a month, we were on an excursion, whether we went to Tokyo or Hokone. Why or, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, it was a really cool experience. I remember being annoyed by that as a young person and just wanting to hang out with my friends at the NEX and go to the food court. You, you didn't know any better. No, I did not know any better. Um, but Matt and I recently went back for our anniversary a couple years ago. Oh, that's it, great. It was amazing. It was a great trip. Um, we went to Tokyo, and it was really cool walking around some of the places that I remembered going to when I was 11, 12, um, and, and seeing that. There was a, a place in the um, Emperor's Garden that we went to, and I recognized it immediately because I had a picture with my sister and my grandma there. Oh, I was that's, like, that's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, 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 that was pretty wild. Do you speak Japanese at all? No, um, we do like to travel a lot, and I try my very best to learn like conversational, like conversational whatever um, Please, phrases. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, before we go, um, that's something really important to me as as a traveler. I usually get spend a lot of time working on that for like a month or two before we go and then I get nervous when we get there and somebody usually speaks to me in English and then I never really use it but it's it's very endearing to to attempt uh the home language for that for that country yeah um I would say the Japanese are the kindest um as well where they um are really accommodating just in their culture um to people in the community as as a whole um, and so they were all very kind to to speak English and, and practice their English with us. When you're there, do you stand out? Um, so when I was younger, I did. Um, I had very blonde hair when I was growing up and I was living there. And people would stop me and take pictures with me and want to <laughs> touch my hair. That was really common. Oh, um, and, I don't know why I find that so funny. Uh, yeah. And... They wanted to touch it. They wanted to touch like my hair. Like it was different. Yes, exactly. I went to a water park in Japan when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, and I was on the Lazy River on an inner tube, and uh, a group of teenage girls grabbed my tube and started touching my hair while I was in my tube. Complete strangers. Complete strangers. Um, but they were, of course, like Japanese teenagers, and I was like, oh, they're so cool. You could touch my hair. <laughs> um, but then when we went back, I was expecting everybody to comment on Matt's height. Because um, yeah, the average Japanese male is, is about my height. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Five, low fives, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think only one person commented on his height and I was very disappointed by that so I don't know if they have evolved like the U.S. is less inclined seems to be more politically correct and, oh. and stuff like that so I don't know if that's 
part of it people now are putting is themselves like, out there yeah um but we did ask somebody for directions and we were on a corner and a guy uh gave us directions and then we we're about to walk away and he's like you're so tall man <laughs> matt was like thank you but he's the only one matt's like yeah, yeah i've been like this for a while yeah yeah. So, yeah a funny story about matt he has been six feet tall since the fourth grade holy cow yeah um and his mom as well his mom is six foot six one um and she that's where he gets his height from yeah and well and his dad's about six one as well so they're both tall and then his grandfather on his mom's side was also very tall he was maybe six three six four um so their whole family is pretty tall um our wedding pictures are pretty comical it's like his whole family and then i'm at everybody's waist like (laughs) belly button height um yeah and then when he's with you he He's yeah. a giant. And then we also have this gigantic toddler as well. So Is she going to be tall, you think? Oh, absolutely. She um, is three feet tall already. So she's 36 inches. Um, her, she... <laughs> That's tall for a two-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Matt was incredibly proud when we went for, I think it was like her three or four month checkup. Um, she, and they give you the percentile or whatever for height. She was off the chart. She wasn't even uh, in the 90th. She was beyond that. And Matt was just so proud. And we got to the car and he called his mom and called his dad and, and told both of them. They're not going to be short. <laughs> like and they be. were all so excited. And I thought it was so bizarre. And I remember telling him, like, I'm, I'm right here. I can, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, do, they, do they still do the thing where I, I was maybe 18 months old, maybe two years old, they'll say, hey, and we predict that your kid will be this tall. And Matt's mom was telling us about that, where it's 18 months for girls and then two years for boys. Um, and no one said that to us, but I remember noting that she was, I think she was like 33, 34 inches at that time. So she, I'm hoping, our hope is that she's not exceptionally tall because we both have to go out of our way to find clothing. Um, right. So we hope that she is able to easily find clothing and not have to either go shop, to the tailor shop, or, shop like most people or shop at Sears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or is there, like, there's a big and tall. I'm, I'm, yeah. Um, is there something for people that are not big? Oh, that are that's another way? funny thing about Matt is that prior to us dating, he had no idea that tall clothes existed. So <laughs> he just looked like this, this massive kid that is Th- like three quarter sleeves yeah like. exactly and like these high water pants um but i introduced him to the finer things and, and showed him which brands have have talls because i shop in their petite section so oh got it, got yeah. it. There, yeah. okay so there are places that have yes. petite sections for sure I've, I've never had to worry about that personally all right so you're leaving minnesota in the fall of what year was this um to the 2010. Okay, so 2010. You're leaving Minnesota. Where do you mm-hmm. end up when you left Minnesota? Um, well, I didn't really have anywhere to go, so I went back to my parents' house, and um, I was not very pleased to move back in with my parents because I had just spent um, two years um, living what I thought was the adult life, um, and so I lived there. I lived with them for about six months, and I started working in a restaurant. Um, and then Matt and I met and we were dating for a while. I guess I lived there a little longer because when I left there, Matt and I moved in together after about a year. Um, yeah, so that was 2012. Um, yeah, so that's kind of funny. How did Matt propose? <laughs> or did you propose? I pretty much like 
showed him exactly what ring to purchase. What? Oh, you planned it all What out. he should say, where we were going. Follow and these then, 17 steps. And exactly. We'll, we'll and this is um, a good example of, of our relationship and, and our personalities. Um, I'm much more opinionated. Uh, actually, it was, it was really sweet. Um, I was studying abroad, so I went to school a little bit later. I went to BCU in, when I was 23, and I graduated when I was 26. And I studied abroad the summer before graduating in Florence, Italy. And Oh, that um, had to be amazing, right? It was, it was absolutely amazing. Um, my grandmother, who I was very close with, um, had passed away earlier that year. And I... The funny thing about when somebody dies is life just keeps going on. And so um, it always reminded me of like the Mario screen where it keeps moving and Mm. then you have to like keep up with the screen. And and that's kind of how my grief felt. Um, And so I thought, oh, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to go to Italy. I just wanted to like not have to work or or, um, do work and school. And I was kind of just looking for an escape to to get my feelings sorted out and all of that. Um, And so I went to Florence and it was an amazing experience. It was six weeks. So it was pretty short. It was just a summer semester. Um, But it was nice living somewhere and getting to know the the streets and know where you're going and and see a country and and all of that. And I've always loved travel. So um, to how he proposed after... um, I studied abroad. Matt met me overseas. We met in Venice and we did Venice, Barcelona, and Paris together. And um, I, because he's a terrible liar or he didn't even lie. He just like can't conceal anything either. He'd be really bad at poker. Exactly. I remembered the day before he was supposed to fly out and meet me. um, The ring that I had wanted was at a jewelry store um, at the mall in Short Pump. And... um, we had looked at rings a couple months prior and I was asking him what he was doing, if he was all packed. And he's like, yeah, I just have to go to the mall first. And I was like, you never go to the mall. What are you doing at the mall? And then he was really weird about it. And I was like, we're getting, we're getting engaged. Um, and, and this was like, what's funny too, is at that age, it just, not that I wouldn't do it again, but you know, at that age, it just feels so big and like the next step. It's a huge Um, step. It's a huge step. But in retrospect, um, I would be totally fine doing what we're doing now without um, all of that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it's just kind of funny how how big of a, of a thing that that feels at, at that age. Um, and so I knew he was coming with the ring. We went he to... He was coming overseas with the he ring. He was coming overseas with the ring. And... Um, we went the first night that we met we went and had the most amazing dinner and then there were like three other nights in a row where we had amazing dinners and i was just like which one sitting there uh good for him for not going doing it right away and yeah that's also that's also a good representation of matt um and so we were getting on the flight to go to barcelona and he was really nervous and he confessed to me that he had the ring in his pocket, but he was worried that it was going to set off the metal detector. And I was like, are you going to propose right now? And he was like, no, that's not going to be our story. And I was like, okay, good. But like now I know that yeah. you that you do have that. Um, so we went to Barcelona and um, there was a restaurant 
that was just absolutely gorgeous that we went to and we walked in as soon as we sat down they brought over a bottle of champagne and like a bottle of champagne and then um there's a piano player and he was playing like all of my favorite songs and then he started to play our song which is queen best friend and i was like this is it this is happening and i looked over at him and i was like you don't be nervous just go ahead and he was like I'm so sorry I didn't bring the ring and I was like you paid them to play this song and bring us champagne and you didn't bring the ring what happened did you lose it and he was like no that's just a coincidence I don't know why they're doing that and he was like but I acknowledge that this would be a really good time to propose but we had taken um I'm gonna butcher the name Les Ramblas Boulevard or whatever and and I guess it's like a highly pickpocketed area and he had read that somewhere online and he was like I don't want to lose the ring so he didn't bring it he's being practical he's being practical again matt and uh so the next day he plans an excursion for us um outside of barcelona we go up the coast about 45 minutes and um it was the coolest little beach town uh, like uh, an old castle fortress type thing uh hung out on the beach and then later we were hiking up this uh this fortress we he keeps walking and then he'd occasionally stop and then um I kind of figured that was what was going to happen um or that was his plan and so we finally made it to the top and he found a really pretty spot and he looks over and there's another guy proposing at that same time and so he's like poor Matt yeah yeah uh and so we had a drink at the restaurant at the top and we started walking down and then finally at this like very nondescript place he just kind of like stops and, and proposes I have no idea what he said um I just remember thinking the whole time he was down on one knee and we were eye level and just thinking like it was very very odd that we were eye level and so that's what I thought about the whole time and I'm not even sure if I said yes or what words he said but that's that's our love story that's cool that's a great story (laughs) uh yeah no um yeah when we tell the story of how we got engaged our story tends to revolve around all the great opportunities there were to get engaged and less about like the actual engagement yes that's it's a great story uh and out of uh, Venice, Barcelona, and, and Paris. Paris yes. And I've, I've actually never been to any of those places. But what I know of those places, I think Barcelona is the, the way to go. Um, I I liked Barcelona a lot. Um, I, I am the planner in the relationship when we go on trips. I neither of us are over planners where we want to see everything and do everything and be exhausted and be exhausted that's not really our mo but i do like to put a lot of effort into figuring out like one place to see every day and then find the best restaurants and like the best drinks and we spend most of our time on trips eating and drinking um and so I didn't have an opportunity to put as much effort into that trip. And what's funny, too, is that was like our first big trip together. So mm. it was funny to see how we both traveled. Um, Matt is very much a show up and wing it. And if you don't see it, like, eh, go back another time. I'm with Matt. Um, I am not. I feel like I am wasting money if I do that. And I get so anxious and upset. Um, so we probably didn't take the most advantage of Barcelona. But Paris was wonderful. We had a lot of not a lot of plans for Paris, but it was a little bit easier to navigate and, and 
of course, like you you kind of know the top four places that you want to see without doing much preparation. It's a very romantic place to be. Yeah. He wouldn't have been wrong to ask you there. Yeah, and um, and Venice as well. We didn't really have a plan in Venice, but we just kept walking, and then we would find a bar and then stop for a drink and eat and then find another, just keep walking. Like, I don't know how many times we got lost or how we made it back to our Airbnb, but um, that in itself was an excursion on its own. Venice is a unique place. Venice is crazy. Um, Venice is just mind-blowing that that exists in the same world as, like, Richmond. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it's cool. The whole place is on top of water, right? Just about the whole Absolutely. Place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's crazy to see these low uh, gondolas floating by, and there are definitely waves in some of these canals and in the bigger uh, canal ways and it looked terrifying to go in a gondola I wasn't sure how that was something romantic and I remembered Matt later saying that he had thought about proposing on a gondola and he was like no I would absolutely drop the ring into the water like <laughs> there no so uh you went on a gondola though you had to right no you never went on one no we didn't you were in, um, you were in Venice yeah, um, I would definitely. So there were some really cool other boats. Like they're not speed boats. I don't know anything about boats, but like the wooden those cabin, wooden, they're, like they're gorgeous. Yeah, like fifties, sixties. When I think of those whatever. boats, I think yeah. of Italy. Yeah. yeah, I would go on that in a heartbeat. Gondola. Did you go on one of those? No. So you didn't I go mean, on any water. Yeah, we were we were pretty broke at that point. I was in school. I was working. My money went towards school and staying alive. And uh, Matt was was in his first. Maybe a second job at that point. Um, but yeah, that was definitely our pinching pennies, save save your money, be responsible kind of phase. So yeah, traveling on a budget, yeah. When you were uh, in school, you were studying? Interior design. Okay. Yeah, so I had my Bachelor's of Fine Arts from VCU in Interior Design. A BFA, right? BFA, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and did you enjoy VCU? I did. I. It's known for? Yeah, it has an amazing art program. Um, I am glad that I was living in the state of Virginia, um, just to reduce college costs at, yeah, a, at super a good university. Out of state, yeah. um, and it was an amazing program. It really changed the way that I analyze problems and I think through things. Um, I really like how it just shaped my mind, and I'm really glad that I went from 23 to 26. So I did community college along the way um, prior to VCU. And so I only had to take three years at VCU. Um, and yeah, it, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. My, uh, I begged my kids to go live life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only have one that's college age right sure. now, but I was like, hey, go do something else for a year or two, maybe four or five years, and yeah. then let's talk about college. I definitely was more confident in what I was choosing as a major. I don't think at 18 I would have chosen interior design. And it's definitely something that brings me a lot of happiness now. Um, And then I put myself through school. So I took it a lot more seriously. um, And I made it a point to, if a class was going to be several thousands of dollars, I was going to be in that class every time there was class. And I was going to, to learn as much as I could. And um, I was always the kid at the end of the semester that sat down with every professor and I asked them, like, 
what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Like, what what can I focus on next semester? And I don't think I would have had the maturity to do that if I was 18 to 21, 22. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a yeah. point I'm, I make to my kids, but it's lost on teenage kids. Yeah, it's yeah, it goes back to me as a teenager. You don't want to be told the right way. You And you also want to do what other kids are doing. Yeah. Right? And if your friends are, most of your friends are going to college, you also want to go to Yeah. College. So I was the opposite in that sense where my friends were going to college and I didn't want to do what everybody was doing. But you, you, yeah. had, you had a strong will, it sounds yeah. like. It's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So what do you learn in interior design school? Um, so uh, contrary to popular beliefs, it's not really about selecting paint colors and fabrics and stuff like that. It's um, uh, a lot of programming. So you figure out who your occupants are of the space. It's pretty much interior architecture, figuring out how, uh, figuring out who your occupants are, what their priorities are, what they're going to do in the space, analyze the things that they don't know that they need, and then uh, working on a program for the space and and residentially it's obviously much easier um our program was focused on commercial work so we did like hotels and hospitals and things like that um so it was figuring out how to allocate space properly um when you're allocating space what's going to have the most roi and what kind of spaces you want to invest in versus which ones you don't need to maybe staff spaces don't get as dressed up as as other spaces um especially if you're working on a restaurant or something you're gonna minimize the space that you give to staff for potentially hanging out or standing around Mm. you want to kind of reduce oh wow um, so it's very functional in, in that way yeah it's it's absolutely the functionality of design and how people use a space and how they operate in a space and then the cool thing about design is if it's a good design you don't know you can't put your finger on it. Mm. Like if you're not like good art, if you, yeah, if you're not a designer, you're like, this, this just works. It's simple. And, and that's really what design should be. Um, you shouldn't have to think about it. It should have done the thinking for you. So you know exactly how to operate in, in a, in a space, whether it's your home, your kitchen, um, or it's a hospital or wayfinding in a museum or something like that. Oh, wow. That's really cool. It is. And you really enjoy that. I do. I like the puzzle aspect of it. Um, I really love the puzzle aspect. I have always enjoyed people. I think that one of my strengths is being able to put myself in other people's shoes really easily and understand what their perspective is. And that helps me a lot in design. Um, I think I'm a thoughtful person and an analytical person. Um, So hearing what somebody says is being important to them and then being able to get to know them and determining other things that are good for them that they might not know about themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's always really rewarding when you can do that and somebody uh, and you solve somebody's problem that they didn't know that they had. So you graduated at age 26. Mm-hmm. What was your first job after that? Um, when I was in school, I took on a job at a local tile distribution company and I worked in their showroom for a couple months and then I was promoted and did sales for them. Um, and I was with them for three years, one while I was in school and two after school. Um, and I worked with builders in the local Richmond area um, and would cold call them and do all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're selling. Yeah. yeah. And um then when they came on and started working with us, I would either do the selections with the homeowners that they were um, 
building homes for or I would put together like set packages and stuff like that that they could then use for sales purposes on their end Um, and then I later went on to work uh, with commercial firms selling tile to them so um, all the local architects and stuff putting together schools and hospitals and hotels gas stations there was a guy that was like little caesars like that was his bread and butter he did all the little caesars um and selling tile to those people um and then i uh completely left the industry and went on to the company we shall not name um and that was a that was an amazing experience too and i think that really contributed to me um going out on my own and eventually starting uh, an interior design firm. You started your own company. Yeah. Um, I had my daughter in 2019. Um, I had a job that I loved at this this firm and an amazing team um, who made my pregnancy wonderful, who supported me um, very much and before and after. But after having Winnie, I had a tough time with postpartum depression and sorting that out and sorting out um, my identity as a person and as a mom. Um, And I wasn't expecting that. Um, That postpartum is really tough and it's hard for people to understand it that aren't going through it. It is. And it was, it's such a weird concept uh that if you hadn't gone through it before then you wouldn't know it was coming um so i felt like i had all these grandiose plans um for my career and then um you have a child and your perspective on life completely changes and your priorities change and so um in my sleep deprivation i decided that it would be a good opportunity to completely quit my job and start um uh, a company from scratch and in my head I was going to spend four days a week at home with my daughter and work on Fridays. Um, and not fortunately that COVID happened, obviously, because um, it is it is sad, but it definitely um, paused things and allowed me to pivot a bit. So my last day there was the day that the world shut down on March 13th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so I had these leads lined up and these jobs lined up and I was ready to get started. And it was just cold that Monday. No one was responding to me. And I was losing my mind. Um, And it was two weeks in of being trapped in the house with an eight-month-old. And I was like, this is not for for the birds. This is not for me. This is not fun. And so I immediately realized maybe four days a week isn't really, like, going to make me the best mom and Lindy there there can be. Um, and so once daycare reopened and, and all of that, and actually my workflow picked up about a month in, and I have luckily stayed consistently busy since then. Um, and so Winnie goes to daycare four days a week, and we have our girls' days on Fridays, and it is the best balance I could possibly think of. That's uh that's great that it turned out that way. Are yes. you uh, a solo act or do you have... No, I'm a solo act right now. Um, I still think I'm at a phase in life where I really enjoy what I'm doing. There's certainly a, a financial goal and, and different business goals that I have, but they're not focused on being the richest and the best. It's kind of focused on enjoying my daughter's life right now and this, this phase of life. Um spending time with Matt as as new people um, and as new parents, which sounds funny. Like, she's 
she's two now and I still keep telling people oh I'm a new mom and then they'll ask me how relative to me you're a newish parent (laughs) it still feels very new um well, and what you were saying earlier about every three months they yeah, really change. Yeah. yeah, every three months she acquires a new skill, whether it's like rolling over, crawling, walking, like talking back, having opinions, wanting her boots. Yeah, um, make, make, what the, did she say again? Brr, brr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good balance. What kind of work uh, do you do? Is it commercial, residential, both? A little bit of, yeah, a little bit of both. Um I would say about 75% of my business is working with the builders that I previously worked at in in my first job for the tile distributor. I kept in touch with a good bit of them and and reached out to them and used my good old cold calling skills uh, when I went out on my own. Um, But the housing market is just booming. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, So the builders that I work with, when they're putting together a spec home, I will select everything from the exterior siding color scheme and all of that to flooring inside bathroom tile um kitchen occasionally if it's a renovation i'll reconfigure the kitchens and the bathrooms and stuff like that to give a more modern flow to the house for for a new younger family or whatever um and then i'm also doing some residential projects that have been really fun just to work one-on-one with homeowners um and then i have a few light commercial there's a hair salon in there um and some airbnbs that are popping up soon oh wow okay all right so our listening audience can't see where we are right now but we're Mm -hmm. in my house and (laughs) and we're not going to talk about the entire basement because the entire basement frankly looks like a uh a 15 year old who got into his parents liquor cabinet decided to throw things on the wall Mm -hmm. essentially what it looks like in here yeah but from from the couch right there over to this wall and basically okay. about where you are to, to that wall, what would you do with, with this space? Hmm. Um, well, I really enjoy the Finding Nemo art on your wall. That's, that is, that's a uh, nice touch. That is Belize. Oh, is uh, it? A, a okay. Belizean artist. Uh, yeah. The frame costs more than the painting. <laughs> Which is no, it's still cool. I, I love getting art um, on our travels. I always make it a point to pick up a print or uh, something funky to remind me of, of the places that we've gone together. Um, in this space, I mean, you've got a podcast area, so I don't know if there's anything off the top of my mind. Uh, there's this random wine barrel to your right. Yeah, didn't you get that on one of our excursions? Like that, our... that one is out here because it's okay. so big I can't get it in the house. <laughs> and I didn't figure that out until I got it to the door. Yeah. Um, I think another thing with interior design versus interior decor, it would really matter. You would want to start with how you use the space. Um, so instead of just like throwing a bunch of shit that looks good in a space, like how do you use this space how is it working for you do you enjoy this table is this the right height for you is this the right size for the amount of people Mm. that you that sit here it is not are there any other uses you would like to get out of this space that you're currently not using or how do you how do you think you would use this whole downstairs level um do you want to have flexible space to entertain more people or less people or is this like a guest space or it's where we host the super bowl party yeah there you go yeah yeah, so. The women tend to go over there and the men tend to go over there. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, cool. Um, I am uh, very happy you joined. And I remember when you came up to me when we were at work together, mm-hmm. you're, you said, hey, I'd like to be on your podcast. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what my podcast is about. What, what was in your no head? No offense, at- nobody wanted to be on your podcast, Paul. Right, at the beginning. <laughs> and now. And then Lindy told me 
that the other Lindy told me that you, you had you, a podcast. You were the only one for the first year or so that said, hey, I'd like to do, do this. Yeah, it sounded fun. <laughs> I love authentic conversations with people. I think that's why I like interior design, where I can quickly cut to the chase and say, okay, who are you? How do you live? What do you value? Um, who are the people you keep around you? And you can have really intimate conversations with people quickly. And so I like the same thing about the podcast. Like, you're not going to sit here and talk about the weather for an hour. Like, nobody's going to listen to your podcast. So let's answer some of those questions. What do you value? Um, I value family. I value I value my time by myself to think and be creative, to rest. Um, I... I value hard work. Um, I'm a very motivated person. Um, I think I still keep a little bit that of that to myself where I'm incredibly competitive, but I don't like to let other people know that I'm competitive. So then I can just like... That makes, you even, that makes you even more competitive, right? Yeah. So it's like a... Sneaky competitive. What's the what's the pool, pool shark type thing? Uh, uh, what so, is it called? Yeah. Pool shark. shark tank. No, pool... Like... Like when you show up at the, oh, yeah, at you're the pool sure. yeah, and like you, play, you don't tell you, anybody. You, like you play you horribly play well. the first yeah, yeah, yeah. game and then you take a raise money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of um, how I think of myself, at least professionally maybe. That sounds bad. Please hire me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I value hard work. I value um, creating things. I love to come up with ideas and, and see them through. Um, I think that... I think that I'm really good at seeing potential in everything, whether it's people, friendships, spaces. Um, and so it's really cool to me um, to to put in the effort and, and see that come to life. Yeah, very cool. Who are the people around you besides Winnie and, and Matt and now, now your sister? Yeah, my sister and my brother are, are both two of my best friends. Um, and my best friend Kristen lives in Chesapeake. Um, I moved around so much that I didn't really keep in close touch with anybody I grew up with. Um, and I met Kristen when I was 20 and she would buy me, and she was a year older, so she would buy me booze um, at the Walgreens I mean, if across. You have, if you have to choose between a 21 year old and a 19 year old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she would buy me barefoot Pinot Grigio at the Walgreens across the street from the restaurant that we worked at. And then we'd go over to her house. Um, and and hang out and she was like way more grown than the rest of us she she might be two years older than me then um but she was married got married when she was young and is still happily married to adam but adam was in the military and so he was gone often and it was we were all like 20 21 and she was the only one that like owned a home and it was totally wild um that she owned a home and the rest of us like lived in crack dens um and not literal <laughs> not dens. not literal but just maybe, uh, maybe give that impression yeah um yeah nothing nothing glamorous um so everybody loved hanging out at her house and and her and i've been best friends um i guess 10 12 years now how often do you see each other um she probably a couple times a year we talk every day she was there when every I... Every day. Every day, yeah. Um, she was there when I gave birth to Winnie. It was Matt and Kristen, so... Oh, she got to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it was she, and she has kids, too. <laughs> she has kids, too. She's got Patrick, who's eight, and Elliot, who's five. And it's been awesome to see them grow up. They are super cute. Um, yeah, they called me Cindy for, like, 
the first five years, which I thought was weird. And I asked them, I asked Kristen one time, like, how did they even know that name? You guys don't know any Cindy's. And she's like, oh, Cindy Lou Who. They mm. think you're Cindy Lou Who. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I won't correct them. And it, and it does rhyme. Yeah. Yeah, so where does the name Lindy come from? Um, my mom said that she got a package when she was pregnant, um, and it was from her friend, or it was supposed to go to the neighbor, and the woman's name was Lynn, and her last name was D. And like so, D-E-E. Just the letter D. So oh. they didn't spell out her last name. And so she just read it through quickly and, and liked it, and then they named me the phonetic spelling of L-Y-N-D-E-E. Okay. Yeah. And you and I also know another Lindy. We do. That was really exciting when she came to work with us. Um, when, So I was on vacation when she started at the company, and I ha- had gotten a notification on LinkedIn, and it said, hey, a new person is working at this company. And I looked at it, and it said Lindy. And the picture was small, and she had brown hair, and she looked like a, a petite female as well. And I had this weird moment where I was like, did I get fired? Like <laughs> they replaced me with someone yeah. who has the same name. <laughs> I was so confused, and I, for a they, second, they've replaced me with my near twin. Yeah, I may have been drinking because we were on vacation, but I remember thinking, "Is this me? Did my name get smelled incorrectly? Why? Who made this account?" And then I later met her, and then when I went to interview for an internal position and meet her in person, we are roughly the same height. She's on. I think we're the same height. I think you're the same height, yeah. But she's probably like, no, I'm 5'9". What are you talking about? Um, That's a pretty good impersonation. <laughs> and she, her and I were wearing like the exact same dress. Oh, it was amazing. the funniest thing. Yeah, y'all are similar size. And yeah, same and I was just like, and... so can we be best friends now or should we wait a little while? Like, yeah. you let me know. And she's L-I-N-D-Y. Yes. Yeah, good times. All right, so what are you doing 10 years from now, you think? Um... I don't know. I was. Do you, you do you even care at this moment what you're doing ten years from now? Are you a I plan, do. planner in that way? No, I'm absolutely a planner in that way. Um, I have business goals for myself and goals for my family and and my relationship with my husband and my daughter and and my extended family. Um, but I also think that I recognize that ten years ago at 21, I never would have pictured anything about my life now I could have never come up with Matt in my head or my daughter or my home or my career path um so I have rough plans I feel like I'm an ambitious person um but I also leave a lot of room for life to happen because it's just going to yeah there's there are a lot of forces that you have zero control over absolutely you hope to have some influence yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I I certainly don't want to live in autopilot, but... Um, that's boring. Yeah, but yeah, things yeah. happen, and, and that's cool, too. All right, how old is Winnie when she listens to this? Hmm, I don't know. So I was also thinking about that. Are podcasts going to be a thing in, like, 10 years? Because my parents have so many home videos of us on VHS. I don't have a VCR. Wow. I think because it's on the internet and you just click on a link yeah, or I'm a sure. button or whatever, it, yeah. it'll be around for a while. Uh, then in that case, she'll probably be five and like have her own podcast or something like that and be making fun of this one that I'm doing. And and, and, and making fun sounds. Maybe she's yeah. not making the fun sounds. Yeah, hopefully anymore. she speaks uh, a little more she clearly. Can, she can so, pronounce boots. Yeah. yeah, more people can, can understand her. Uh, so if she's five when she listens to this for the first mm-hmm. time, 
Is that your sincere guess? She's five, you think? Or do you Mm-mm. think she's going to be older? No, she'll be older. Um, I keep a baby book for her as well that I hope to give to her when she's 18, 20 or so. Um, and the baby book isn't so much like, oh, you're crawling now, but it's talking about um, kind of what Matt and I are doing in our lives, what it's like to be a, a parent um, and to share that perspective with her. So I hope that will the, the this pod, will aid this. Will the podcast make the uh, the baby book? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll like sew in a folder for like a USB drive or something. <laughs> Oh, that's really creative. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so she's going to be a little bit older. Let's say she's going to be 12. Yeah. What do you want to tell the 12-year-old version of your daughter? Um, I love you. <laughs> no, I. Uh, it's really important to me that um, everybody, whether you're a child or not, gets to be the person that you are in your, in your being. And your natural self. In your natural self. And I have no desire to persuade her to be anything other than that person. And so I hope that she always has the confidence to be everything she wants to be. Um, but I do hope she's a little weird. Matt and I are kind of weird people um, and have a weird sense of humor. And I, I hope she can keep up with that. But other than that. I have a feeling she can. Yeah. Uh, she's and, already pretty <laughs> pretty weird. And by the way, everything you just said was uh, really well said. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. Well, it was great having you here Thank tonight. You. We're at like an hour, 12, hour, 13. Okay. It's a, it's a great length, and uh, I'm really glad you joined us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.